KCHU Public Radio. Viewpoints expressed on the program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station and its underwriters. Opinions and different perspectives are welcome on the show. If you would like to be or suggest a guest, email coffeebreak at kchu.org or call 835-4665. Your participation in Coffee Break is encouraged. Callers to the show are not screened and comments are considered sincere. Good morning. You're tuned in to Coffee Break at KCHU 770 AM. I'm your host, Justin Bass. I've got my coffee. I hope all of you listening have your coffees because it's time for Coffee Break. And we're joined by Gay Wellman, Education Specialist at the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. Gay, how are you? Good morning. Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for doing this. It's nice to be back on the radio. It's, it's been a, a, a quite a break over the summer, but I'm glad to be back on. All right. Well, speaking of breaks, coffee break, you've got your coffee, right? I do have my coffee. <laughs> okay, good. I've got mine, so uh, we're ready to go. Okay. So, so, Gay, can you introduce yourself for our listeners if anybody is new to listening to you on yeah, Coffee Break? I'd what is your official title and what do you do? Okay. Um, I'm my, as, you said, as you said, my name is Gay Wellman, and I live out here in the Copper Basin in um, beautiful Kenny Lake. Uh, quite a few folks there in Valdez know me <clears throat> fairly well, but uh, let me go ahead and, and reintroduce myself. Uh, not much has changed other than I'm getting a little older. <laughs> so, uh, but we're, uh, the, I work for the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska, and my title is Education Specialist. I used to work with the in-home service service department, but we no longer have that. Uh, we're no longer uh, providing that service, unfortunately. Uh, but mainly what I'm doing is educating families, supporting families, supporting professionals, too, um, that are working specific, mainly with folks that have um, issues around uh, dementia. And we'll, maybe I can talk a little bit about dementia in a little bit here. But our organization, the Alzheimer's Resource, is an organization that was a nonprofit. It was started by Alaskans back in 1984. A couple of women, um, it's a wonderful story actually, so I don't mind, I, I love telling it. There were two women who took care of their mother back in those days and for several years and found that they had little, if any, support whatsoever. There was very little knowledge out there at that time for families uh, who were trying to deal with this issue. And anybody who has, has tried to care for someone who has dementia of any kind, uh, they know what we're talking about, how difficult it can be. So they decided after finally, you know, their mother eventually passed, as we all do, but it's still, it's still, a, it's still hard when, when that happens, uh, that, that these women decided that they did not want to see others have to suffer like they did. Struggle, I shouldn't say suffer, but struggle like they did. And so they um, began the process of forming a nonprofit, and it's now, I think, one of the best that you're going to find, in this, especially in this area. Um, it's definitely Alaskan. Uh, it's Alaskans for Alaskans. There is another organization that has the Alzheimer's name in it, and that's the Alzheimer's uh, Association. That's the national group, and there's another one, too, and I can't remember at this point what that title is, but be sure it's Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska, Resource of Alaska. We are Alaskans for Alaskans, and very proud of that. We also are a little unique, in, and some of these others are also involved in fundraising for uh, national 
testing and, and research and more political, not that we don't do politics, but political uh, efforts. But uh, it's, our efforts are mostly focused on education and support. Um, we, now, we also have a, a part of our organization, I don't work with that part, but other than indirectly, uh, we also serve folks um, that are, have any kind of disability that requires Medicaid. So any of the any of the folks that have the waivers that ha, that don't have to have uh, dementia it can be any of them from childhood on up. So we, we've broadened broadened our outreach a little bit more than we did before. So uh, that was kind of the trade off when we when we had to drop the in home services. We we uh, really began emphasizing the care coordination for folks that have uh, any of the Medicaid waivers. But my, my role and the uh, department that I work for is the education department, and there's um, seven of us, eight of us that are doing this now all over the state. Um, we, it's a wonderful, wonderful group to be working with. Um, have a dynamite boss, uh, Kay Papacristo, and it's, it's been a really wonderful thing for me, a really, um, what do I say, uh, rewarding occupation, to say, put it that way, a rewarding thing. My husband said, this is something you would be doing even if you weren't being paid, and he's absolutely correct, uh, that this is, this is the kind of work that I, I thrive on. So with that said, um, I also have an RN that I've kept up. Um, don't really consider myself a, a, an actual nurse. I sort of call myself a sort of nurse. <laughs> I guess I could call myself a, brain, a head nurse or a brain nurse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, I've done most of my work, most of my career has been involved with behavioral health systems such as such as dementia. So, um, so you do have a uh, a degree then in medicine? Yes, I have. A, I have an, a license, an RN license that I've managed to keep up. I keep thinking, oh, why am I doing this? But boy, has it been a wonderful thing to have. It's opened doors that. Um, that I never expected to be able to do. That's one of the advantages of being in Alaska, too, is that uh, you know, I had, had this uh, um, associate degree RN, and I've been able to do all kinds of things that, that uh, in the lower 48 it probably wouldn't have been considered uh, eligible to do. And how long have you been an education specialist at Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska? I've been uh, doing this since 2007. Um, prior to that, I worked in Anchorage for so, so many years. Uh, first, uh, first as an RN in one of the at the Alaska hospital there, and then moved into substance abuse when they opened a, an inpatient treatment program there uh, for many years, and then moved into mental health uh, at what is now Alaska. Um, the the, the uh, it's a nonprofit uh, outpatient program for folks with mental illness or mental concerns, and I worked with the chronically mental ill at that point. And then I moved out here to the Copper Basin in 70, let's see, when did I move out here? <laughs> 96. And I started working for the Copper River Native Association, and I worked there for about 10, 12 years before moving into this position. So, so about 15 a, years then? One, you know, everything built on everything, and one of the things I like to say is, Brain changes are brain changes are brain changes. It doesn't really matter uh, what causes the changes. It's how we approach them, what we do for them, with that, how we help folks that have those challenges. 
for whatever reason, whether it's self-induced in the sense of substance abuse or whether it's um, a brain damage uh, from a traumatic brain injury, um, whether it's post-traumatic stress, whether it's whatever it is that causes our brains to change, um, is, is, you know, the same approaches work. Uh, There may be slight changes, slight differences as far as what you can expect, but mostly um, how we work with folks uh, is, is the same. And actually, one of the things I find and that I enjoy sharing with folks is that if all of us would learn to be this way with everybody, our lives would be much, much happier. <laughs> it's like the same approach, you know. I have moments when my brain is not working really well, right? And as I get older, I'm finding that there are times when I lose my words or, okay, where was I going with this thought, you know, that kind of thing. Or So there's times when I feel like, okay, I'm not, I'm not at my top form. And uh, it's always nice if somebody on the other side of myself uh, understands that I may just be having a, a bad hair day, as they say, and treats me with, with respect and treats me with that um, understanding. So, so yeah, you brought up uh, the causes of dementia. Some of them might, <clears throat> might have just been come on naturally. Some of them might have been induced. Have you ever come across diesel exhaust as a, uh, oh. a possibility of... Well, I'm not dementia. sure that it would be considered dementia. Dementia is an overall term that refers to someone who is uh, it's progressive, usually. It has to be progressive. Uh, it ha- it, usually it's, it's going to be a thing that causes loss of intellectual function, thinking, remembering, reasoning, uh, all those kinds of the, the eight cognitive issues that we have that, that our brain we use our brain for okay. organization, uh, perception, those kinds of things. Well, I bring that up. I was doing research. I found oh. from the University of California, Los Angeles, 2020 yeah. report. There's a quote: "Scientists find evidence of link between diesel exhaust risk of Parkinson's." UCLA study uncovers how air pollution can lead to damage to brain cells. Well, I'm sure it does. That's part of what we're seeing right now. <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, there's all kinds of causes. Yeah. We really don't know, do we? And one of the things... Well, that, as long as we're on that topic, yeah. Alzheimer's Association, you, you mentioned them, they have a 2022 report just this year where they said, uh, quote, role of diesel exhaust exposure in promoting Alzheimer's disease susceptibility by impairing glymphatic drainage of amyloid, beta, and other toxic <laughs> m- metabolites from the brain. Right, right. right. So there seems to be some evidence of diesel yeah. exhaust, and yeah. I know there's a well, lot of diesel you know, here in Alaska. More, and more about that sort of thing. That is, you know, diesel exhaust, uh, all kinds of stuff that that are causing our brains to change. And really, that's what for something to be titled to be thought of as dementia. Um, as I said, it needs to have uh, it needs to be progressive. So it's degenerative disease. Uh, for some of them, some of them are degenerative, like Alzheimer's. Uh, but pretty much anything that causes us to have difficulty with remembering, with reasoning, with thinking—it's not just memory loss. Often, it's you know, we usually will have—I mean, it will always have at least one or two other things involved in it. Personality changes, that sort of thing. So, as you see, it's a pretty broad category, which is why it's so difficult for doctors to say, "Okay, this is why what's going on." And for people to differentiate what's happening, that's why, in order to get a good diagnosis, you're going to have a really good history. So if you've got somebody who's been uh, working on a tractor that's 
um, being run by diesel exhaust or they're working in some situation where they have a lot of diesel exhaust, yes, they're probably going to be changing their brains. Whether it becomes dementia or not, um, I don't know. And that's why I'm saying that, 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 that there certainly seems to be they're looking at more and more folks that they're saying, hmm, this looks like this could be something. And if it's affecting those things that lead to, uh, that are associated with, specifically with Alzheimer's disease, because that's, that's a specific type of dementia. Dementia is the overall term. And so you have Alzheimer's disease, you have vascular dementia, you have Parkinson's dementia. Uh, not everybody who has Parkinson's is going to develop a, a type of dementia, but a person with Parkinson's is at high risk of doing that. There's also Lewy body dementia, and we're just we've, in the last, last few years, that's become more. There's been more knowledge about that, uh, basically because of Robin Williams, um, that they finally decided after doing an autopsy, they found the the Lewy bodies that are t- different type of uh, protein change than Alzheimer's, uh, but it's it's a definite. It's been named by the person who discovered it. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Uh, his name was Louis, I guess, and uh, so whatever that looks like, and when they do brain scans on, on an autopsy, that's what Robin Williams had. They, you know, they kept thinking it was just the dementia or that it was just the Parkinson's, but the, the thing that really got him was the Louis body. And whether that often Louis body is associated with Parkinson's, because it, it'll have a component to it that is. Um, more familiar, similar to the symptoms that one has when one has Parkinson's disease. All right, let me introduce you one more time for anybody joining in. This is Gay Wellman, Education Specialist at the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. We're on Coffee Break, KCHU 770 AM. I'm your host, Justin Bass. We're talking about dementia, and Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. We're also talking about Parkinson's and other diseases. memory loss diseases such as one named after a man named Louie apparently that's <laughs> it, it was affecting Robin Williams they were now able to do an autopsy famous comedian Robin Williams yeah so yeah, now exactly. I got a question for you Gabe. Okay. what is what is the difference between cognitive decline and Alzheimer's dementia like at what age does memory decline as early as the 40s and 50s yeah you know we all actually <laughs> Our brains are constantly changing, okay? Uh, and one, one, a psychiatrist that I worked with when I was working in Anchorage uh, told us that by the time we're 40 or 50, then our brains are pretty well uh, finished growing, <laughs> okay? Now, we're, I don't know if he's actually ap- accurate, but that's what he said. It struck me that it, it, it struck me at that time because, you know, we, many of us do a lot of this self, uh, self-analysis and groups and trying to prove ourselves and figure things out and heal from our past and all this good stuff, you know, <laughs> self-help stuff that some of us get involved in. And uh, it was like he said, you really can't, aren't going to be able to figure things out like that until, you know, by the time you're in your 40s or 50s, things will begin to make sense. And it's like, oh, shoot, you remember I spent all that time worrying about it or working on it when I was in my 20s and 30s? <laughs> Thank you very much. But, but it's true. I think that, that, you know, we begin to figure things out, and whether that's because our brains are, fig- are, are grown to the point of, of uh, settling in on what's, what's happening and things, and we, get to, we begin to sort stuff out, or whether it's just life experiences, maybe it's a combination of all that. Then, then another thing starts happening, as with the rest of our body, as we start getting older, 
things begin to not work quite as well. Um, muscles don't work quite as well. Uh, I know one of the things I'm ch- challenged with right now is my legs don't like to hold me up. You know, they hold me up, but I can't stand by myself without leaning against something or whatever, like I used to. I can't go upstairs without hanging onto a rail. Okay, our brains do the same thing. You know, our brains are part of our body, and so there's bits and pieces of them that are going to not work as well. Um, I saw a brain scan of my, my brain one time oh, a few years ago, and there was all these little black dots. And it's like coming from my background of dementia, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And the doctor says, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, everybody, anybody brain your age, by that time I think I was 78 or something like that, he says, all brains are going to look like that at that time. Uh, it's unavoidable. And that's why as we get older, and sometimes for some of us, it's, it's sooner than that, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, when you forget where your keys are or when you go into the kitchen and you say, well, what the heck did I come in here for? You know, we all experience that. So there's normal brain changes. There's normal memory loss. What's not normal is if um, my personality changes or if I have more difficulty, I have enough difficulty that it gets in my way of being able to function. Um, and the thing about dementia is, even Alzheimer's, including Alzheimer's, is that they found folks that have, uh, when they did the autopsy, that it looked like they should have been in full-blown um, diagnostically approved uh, dementia in the sense of not being able to function well in the sense of organization, in the sense of remembering, in the sense of reasoning, in the sense of perception, in the sense of judgment. Judgment is a big one. You know, when we start not having good judgment about things, when we start being taken advantage of when, when in the past we wouldn't have by scammers. Okay? Um, you know, my dad didn't have dementia, but uh, towards the end of his life, he began responding to some of those uh, uh, articles, you know, the... the uh, magazine things and the folks that call and say, oh, I'll, uh, if you send in this and this and this and this and this amount of money, we'll send you uh, a, a lifetime supply of vitamins, you know. And he was already 89 and having heart attacks, and yet he did that. He, he bought a, you know, a lifetime supply of, of vitamins that started arriving after he died, you know, that kind of thing. didn't mean he had dementia, but it meant he was losing judgment, okay, and if there had been other things involved in that. Uh, and maybe if he lived longer, yeah, he would have. We could have diagnosed him with full-blown di- dementia. I don't know, um, but I'm just saying, heart disease, uh, vascular dementia is another big one. So if you're having trouble with your heart, if you're having trouble with your circulation, if you have diabetes, if you have anything that's slowing the the oxygen to your brain, brain cells like oxygen, right? And if it doesn't, if they don't get fed adequately, they're going to start dying. And if they die too much, for whatever reason, you're going to have challenges. That part of the brain that, that was being used by those particular cells, um, and if you lose too many of them, there aren't going to be enough to pick up the pieces, so to speak. Uh, one analogy we sometimes use is that it, um, it's kind of like if you have, you're living in a forest and you're trying, you have to go through this forest to get to Grandma's house, and there's, there's, uh, you've got several different tracks or paths to go on, well, if there's a fire and it takes out two or three of those paths, you're left with maybe one, but it's going to take you longer to get to find that one and to get to it, okay? And essentially, that's what dementia is about, is that 
we're having like a fire in our brain or we're having, um, there's like that uh, vine that back east, and I always pronounce it incorrectly, kudzoo. Any of us that are from the, from the east coast have seen the, the mountainside um, in the Shenandoah area that are totally covered with this beautiful green vine, but the tree has died because it's been taken over by this vine. And essentially, uh, Alzheimer's in particular, and any of those kinds of diseases like Lewy body or Alzheimer's, are like a zoo of the brain. And it just sort of slowly, very slowly, because it can take up to 20 years or more from the time of, of when it starts. Uh, and we, it kind of depends on where that vine first starts going, whether what, what parts of the brain are going to be affected and so what parts we're going to have trouble with, whether it's our language or whether it's reasoning or whether it's remembering. Remembering is kind of universal across, but it's not necessarily the first thing you're going to see. It's the first thing we, we think of. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting dementia because I can't remember where my keys are. Not necessarily but it behooves us to really get a good diagnosis. If you're worried about it, get a screening done. Get to your doctor. Write down what you've done. Take, keep, keep records, whether you're worried about for yourself or for someone else in your life. Um, you know, keep a journal. Just a, a brief thing of, well, on Saturday he did this. On Saturday she did that. This happened, and oh, dear, you know. Whether, and, and if it's spread out, okay, it's just the beginning. In the beginning, it's very difficult to d tell whether someone is developing a form of dementia or not. But it's really valuable to get in there and get a, get a baseline, find out, so that the next year when you do it again, um, when, you, when you get a screening again, if it's improved, fine. You can, you can not have to worry about it so much. But if it's not, then you're going to want to get in and see a doctor. There's a, a list. We have a list of the various different tests that you can take you can do, you want them to do, uh, prior to going to see a neuropsychologist or neuro neurologist. Um, this, is a, this is a medical diagnosis. Okay. So medical doctors, medical professionals can diagnose this if they understand it enough. All right. Let me reintroduce you then. This is Gay Wellman, Education Specialist at Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. This is Coffee Break at KCHU 770 AM. I'm your host, Justin Bass, and we're going to open up for calls you can call 907-835-5080, or 1-800-478-5080, 1-800-478-5080, and you can ask Gay Wellman, Education Specialist at Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska, questions regarding dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, cognitive decline, memory loss, Got got a, more questions for you, Gay, while we're waiting for people to call in. Okay, great. What, what, I love what, it, Justin. What are some tips you can give uh, anybody to respond to a, a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia? Because the people who care for somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia may also have trauma just from providing care. So what, Absolutely. What advice do you have for the caregivers? Oh, My advice for the caregivers is get help. Do not try to do this on your own. Do not try to do this on your own. I know we all feel like, oh, well, it's my family. I need to take care of it. I can't, you know, I can't ask anybody else, uh, whatever. Call us. Get some, get some encouragement. Get some support. Uh, we provide classes on various different aspects. All, you know, any, just, re, just to, as an example, we have uh, 
education classes. They're called Caregiving 101s. And this, the rest of this month, like tomorrow, there's going to be a, a, a seminar on end of life. And that's from 12 to 1.30. The, Juno, the person, in the, our education specialist in Juno will be doing that. Um, then on the 13th, Tuesday the 13th, engaging people living with dementia. That's a really important topic. If you're if you're concerned about how, what do I do? How do I how do I talk to somebody? How do I visit with someone? My friend is beginning to say and act really strange. Doesn't remember that he's told me the same story over and over again. Uh, doesn't remember who I am. Uh, it's really hard to go visit because I you know I'm, I'm thinking in terms of visitors, but also family members. You know, it's like what's happening here. Often with family members, we don't realize how much we're picking up for people. So. It's often friends or family who are not so, not uh, with us 24 hours a day or all the time. Uh, family members who come to visit and they say, oh, my gosh, what's happened to Dad? You know, or people who, uh, friends who come and haven't seen you for a while and say, oh, brother, what's going on with Joe? So it's, it's like it, it's, it's really valuable to listen to what other people are saying. So have, have, get help, get help, get help. So engaging people is really important. Clues and conversations, understanding Alzheimer's disease is going to be on the 14th. And then on the 19th of this month, honoring connection, improving communication. A lot of what we talk about is the value of of learning how to communicate with someone with dementia. There's things you can do that, that make it worse. If you think about what's going on for a person with dementia, if you can put yourself in their shoes, that can be very helpful. So the more you learn about what it's like to have dementia of any kind, um, to have that confusion, the t- key piece of this is the confusion. Um, what's going on? You know, they understand. You know, most of us will realize that, hey, I'm not functioning really well here. What's going on? This is scary. And when we're scared, we have different ways of reacting or responding. Actually, it's reacting, right? Because no longer responding, and so it's it's like we we either go in in and withdraw, become quiet, stop doing the things we used to do, um, we stop being interested in the things we used to be interested in, uh, we don't want to talk to people anymore, that sort of thing. Um, but the idea of being disoriented of where I am, finding yourself lost when you know this is something I used to know where I was going, getting lost going to work. <laughs> You know, something you've been doing for 20, 30 years. That can be pretty scary. And when a person's scared, that adds to the confusion, that adds to the fear. So when you're communicating with someone, you don't want to argue with them. You don't want to try to bring them back into reality. You want to uh, hone your empathy skills. Honing your empathy skills. Honing your ability to step into somebody else's shoes and try to figure out, help them figure out what's going on. It's about becoming partners with a person, not just caregiving. Um, that's another thing. And that's part of what we share and what we, you know, folks can learn. It's, it, in some ways, it seems like it should be um, second nature to do that, but it's not really. You know, our, our whole, we're not really set up to have to deal with someone who's not thinking well. And it's scary for us. And so, again, when I'm scared, I'm going to be working from my more likely from my animal brain, that little place that's called an amygdala, and uh, I'm going to react rather than respond. And often reacting just makes things worse. 
So rather than trying to um, uh, push the person or pull the person into reality or get them to stop doing whatever they were doing or, uh, Grandpa, you told me that ten times already, don't do that anymore, getting upset with them, all that's going to do is make them feel worse. And if they start feeling worse, they're going to act worse, whether that's withdrawing or whether that's acting out. Um, so partners have to learn that when, they're, when the person with dementia doesn't know who they are, I've got family members, um, I do a, a, a facilitate a couple of partner support groups. They're on, on Zoom, and it works pretty, pretty well. It's, of course, it would be better if it was in person, but you'd be surprised how close one can get to little boxes, people in little boxes, when we're talking to each other about important things like this. Um, there's several of the, of the partners who um, are no longer able to sleep with their loved one, because, uh, their partner, because um, the partner doesn't know who they are. And one lady said that she has to sleep in, the, in a spare bedroom because her husband tells her, you're not my wife. I, I can't sleep with you. You're not my wife. You shouldn't sleep here. And so she's found it easier just to sleep in a different bedroom. You know, and that hurts. So having support when that starts happening is really important. Okay. Well, now, once again, we're taking calls here. Anyone listening, this is Coffee Break, 770 AM. We're talking with Gay Wellman. She's a specialist at the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. If you have any questions about dementia, Alzheimer's, memory loss, helping a loved one with memory loss, give a call right now. It's 907-835-5080, 907-835-5080, or 1-800-478-5080, 1-800-478-5080. You can ask your questions right now, live. Or share. Actually, I, I really enjoy hearing people's own experiences. You know, that, that uh, that's how we've learned. That's how all of us that are in this field uh, and how uh, Alzheimer's Resource has, has uh, gained as much information as we have and, and the rest of the world has, too. Because now there's all kinds of stuff out there that you can find online. There's all kinds of people that are, that are uh, working to help folks like this now. And especially now that we're so many of us are now working online, it, it really has become a, a well. Uh, there are services out there for you, whether you come to our agency or whether you find another way of doing it, or both, or all of it. We are doing some in person now. And Justin, one of the things that, that's happened in the past when I've done this before is that. Um, People occasionally will call in, but not very often, but I love it when they do, either with a question or just to uh, share, share something that's happened for them. Yeah, we got so a call right now. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Hi, you're on the air. You have a question for Gay Wellman? I do, and I also have a comment for you, Justin. I would like to commend you on reintroducing Gay every now and then, because those of us who don't always listen to the whole show, really appreciate that. So thank you for doing that. You're and welcome. then Gay. Yes. Gay, I'm asking you just because for my own information and because other people might be interested as well. I have had you do a screening on me um, a couple of times in the past few years, and I yes. think we've done it over the telephone. Yes. Are you still right. doing those? It's probably time for me to do another one. And <laughs> okay. I just thought that other people might like to know that that sort of thing, it's, it's really painless and um, it's very comforting to yeah. know 
whether you're deteriorating or not? That's my question, and thank you very much. I'll take it off. Thank you for your question. That's that's a great reminder. I was hoping to have an opportunity to mention the memory screenings because we do that in multiple different ways. Uh, We we, uh, used to do it mostly just in person, but we found that, hey, you know, it works over the phone, it works on Zoom, it works any way you want to do it. The the questions that we ask are pretty simple, and it's just a screening. It's not going to tell you, oh, I have dementia. It's not going to tell you that. What it's going to tell you is, hmm, there's enough going on here that it might be a good idea to get in and see a doctor and do some of those testing, that those tests that I was talking about. Because dementia is a rule-out disease often. What you're looking for, what's causing my, this problem? What's causing it? Is it the fact that I'm working around diesel? Is it the fact that I'm, that I'm uh, drinking too much or using drugs too much? Is it the fact that I had uh, a, a TBI or tra- traumatic brain injury in the past and, and now it's re- re- coming up again? What they say about folks, those of us that have had uh, co- um, concussions in the past, you know, we may be functioning for a long, long time without any trouble, but the challenge is that any brain damage that we've had, eventually, as, you know, as I've said, as we get older, parts of our brains are beginning to, to kind of die off, right? It's kind of scary when you think about it that way, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it, we all go eventually, but, it's, you know, it's like, you know, parts of this, this thing we call a brain are kind of uh, not functioning as well anymore. And so we already have a thing that's damaged our brains, then that makes us more susceptible to some of these challenges that we have. It's going to make it harder to find that road to Grandma's house. Uh, and so if I have lots and lots of really healthy trees and the fire only takes out a small area of it, um, I can get to where I want to go. It's not going to, I'm not going to have the challenges of cognitive decline. Uh, I'm not going to be bothered as much by it. So getting a screening, as you've mentioned, is really valuable. And it's, a, as you said, a fairly simple, um, painless process. There's, there's a couple of things that we'll, we'll ask you to do, and you have to remember certain things, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good to have that baseline. And then, you know, I think we, we talked about that a little bit before. But thank you for mentioning that. And I'd love to have you come back. Give me a call. <laughs> you know, that's the best way of, of either call me or send me an email. Um, and my contact information is available multiple places. But um, maybe we can do that now, too. Um, and it's the email address is gwellman at alz alaska.org or the phone number is 907-822-5620 and again you can find that pretty much lots of different places Um, I do quite a bit of work at the long-term care facility there I've been to the not recently but I I was doing things with the senior center Um, and of course the radio station will have that information or you can find it at our website and again it's not just me there's a bunch of us out there um, the website is alzalaska.org. So alzalaska.org. And the thing to remember about our name, Alzheimer's, we work not just with folks with specifically with Alzheimer's. Um, the agency was named this because of the folks that had the folks who started it. That's what they were dealing with. But um, at this point, we work with any. Any, any kind of dementia, our education department will help folks with any kind of dementia. And the programs that I was mentioning, the caregiving programs, 
are for anybody who has, is caring for someone at home. Because there's lots of different reasons why people, um, you know, end-of-life issues. We all have end-of-life issues, especially, essentially. Uh, and anybody who's caring for someone who's uh, physically unable to do certain things, the same kinds of stuff applies. So most of what we share is not just specific for um, dementia, folks with dementia. There are also professional webinars. The Alzheimer's, the, the caregiving classes are open to anyone. Um, you do not have to have a, uh, someone, you, you do not have to be caring for someone specifically. You can just be a friend or you can just be somebody who's interested in learning. I think all of us should learn about this. I don't care who you are. And the reality is that you probably have someone in your life, you just may not know it yet, <laughs> that either had or has uh, a developing dementia. Um, but there's specifically professional webinars uh, at least once a month. Amber Smith mainly is a person from Juno who does that. There's also Mind Aerobics, which is a great program for those of us that are, yeah, beginning to lose it a bit. Uh, and it's a 12-week course that meets twice a week. It's a bit of a commitment. Um, but you can come and go. It's better if you stay with it. But to have a lot of fun um, exercises that you go through on a consistent basis. So the idea is that, you know, it's like with all exercise, right? If you do it consistently, <laughs> you're going to get better. Okay, it's going to build things. That's one of the new things that they've discovered. It's not all that new anymore, but certainly new from the time I started in the business. And it's uh, that we do can build brain cells. So if you are if you exercise your going your brain, you are going to improve your chances of slowing down if you develop a a, a formal you know disease process of dementia, uh, one of the diseased ones. Um, you can slow it down. You can you can keep it from becoming a, 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 you know, slow down the whole process. doesn't mean it's going to stop. It doesn't stop it. These brain exercises don't stop it, but they do so, slow it down and provide you with a cushion. The, the more, what they're saying is that they found that the more education someone has, the less, the, the slower that process is going to be usually, not all the time. Any of this stuff that we're saying is, you know, usually, but we're also different. Okay. Staying active. And a lot of the questions sometimes come up is how do I how do I prevent? Well, if you're going to get the disease process, you're not going to prevent it. But just that with heart disease or any of the rest, if we take care of our bodies, um, we do the exercise and we stay involved, get educated about various different things, um, learn new things. The more you're doing that sort of thing, um, the, the the process that you go through, you're going to be better prepared to deal with any kind of disease that you get, including dementia, including any of the dementias. Okay, let um, me reintroduce you then so anybody's okay, listening, great. they know this is Gay Wellman, education specialist at the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. You're listening to Coffee Break on KCHU 770 AM. I'm your host, Justin Bass. You can call in and ask questions to Gay Wellman right now over the air live you can call 907-835-5080, 907-835-5080, or 1-800-478-5080, 1-800-478-5080. And right now we're talking about ways to stop or slow down uh, cognitive de- decline, Alzheimer's uh, or dementia. Um, talking about mental aerobics, is that what you called it? 
Yeah, mind aerobics. There's there's two different programs. One's for those of us that have, don't have any kind of diagnosis, and those that that's called that's mind sharpener. And then there's mind work, which is for folks that actually have dementia, and who are willing and able and interested in um, in keeping things slowed down. You know, and, and Justin, it's really important that people recognize that these exercises are not going to stop anything. It's going to slow it down. We can't, if a person has a true dementia, in other words, one of the Alzheimer's or Lewy body or Parkinson's or whatever the other things are, vascular dementia. The interesting thing about vascular dementia is that uh, one can have a stroke, a big stroke, but then it doesn't get any worse. It stays stable. There's no, in fact, you can actually improve. If you get the education, if you get the the proper treatment and and uh, pro- all those things, the supports and things, you can actually improve from when you first have the stroke to later on. With vascular dementia, that what that's happening is when yeah you have a stroke, but then you have start having lots of you have multiple ones, and each one takes out another part of your brain, and each one takes out another part, and another part, and another part, and that's when it becomes of a dementia. Okay, that's that's what's meant by vascular dementia. So there are many strokes essentially, multiple mini strokes. So it's and and there doesn't seem to be any way of stopping that. At least they haven't figured out that yet. Again, you can slow it down, and you can provide. Uh, you know, you can rebuild or build, not rebuild, because when they're dead, they're dead. But you can build new brain cells that can take over the job. Um, of that that particular brain cell was doing, and so that's what why it's important to keep active no matter what. That's why it's important when someone has a dementia. You get a diagnosis of dementia. Some people say, "Oh, that's it. I'm dead. I might as well go hide." Go hide, or the family member says, "Oh my goodness, the end of life." It's not. This person can have, especially if they get an early diagnosis, they can live 20, 30 years, and so you don't want to give up. You want to do things like art links. We've got a program called Art Links that, where the people are engaged in, in doing, getting creative, and that creative side of us seems to be the side that um, stays active, does not get damaged for some reason as much as the other ones. So Art Links, Memory Cafe, remembering things, having a chance to sing old songs, to meet people, to socialize, do that kind of thing. And you can do that online. It's not as effective as in person, but you can do it online um, like we're doing now, right? <laughs> the Voices of the Last Frontier is another really great program. One of the nice – one of the um, – I want to give kudos to our, the, the, young, the woman who's doing that, Ann Ferris. She actually got a national award for the work she's done with us up here. Uh, in helping uh, folks that have dementia uh, continue singing. And there was a concert, and she hopes to be able to do that again. It kind of gives a stop because of COVID. But she's kept it going with COVID, and they are fun. I've attended several of those, and it's just a lot of fun. Because, you know, it's like singing in the – singing in because uh, you can't do it on – with Zoom, it doesn't work if everybody sings together, right? With your mics on, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> so uh, it's like singing in the shower, only you see other people that are, have their mouths going. You don't hear them, but it's like singing in the shower, and it's great fun. And she has uh, guest uh, performers, Mary Shallard, 
was there. And some of you must probably remember Mary Schallert. She's a, a country singer, well, not just country. She's a wonderful uh, violin teacher, multi music teacher for young people, and uh, has done a lot of. She was part of a uh, of a music bluegrass music group for years. Um, anyway, uh, she's been on it. There's been other folks that have come on, piano players, whatever. And uh, the, the caregiver plus the person with dementia are usually there together. Um, and it's, it's having fun, having fun is really, really important. So, again, how do you engage what you do? Those are all things that can slow the process down and make your life um, better all around. So music. Early diagnosis is, is important, really, really important. That's why these screenings that the friend that called um, mentioned is valuable because you may have something going on. Also, there's all kinds of reasons. There's multiple, multiple reasons, over over 100 reasons why a person might have some of these things developing. So just because you're having um, difficulty performing familiar tasks or problems with your language or disoriented time and place, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're developing Alzheimer's and or a dementia. Now, the thing to remember about that, Alzheimer's is just one of the dementias. Dementia is an overall umbrella. So Alzheimer's is just one of them. It has, happens to be the one that we've heard the most about, for now anyway. So just because you're having these challenges doesn't mean that that's what's going on. It may be thyroid. It may be depression. It may be, who knows what, it's a t- tumor. You know, and so it's really important to get in there and find a, don't you know find ways to get your loved one in to to uh, to do that to to get it tested and find out what's going on. What are what's possibility? Have I been working around diesel too much? You know, uh, thank you for bringing that up, Justin. You know, you're welcome. There's lots of multiple reasons why our brains may be affected. So you mentioned music. That's a great way to oh, sing along. and uh, Absolutely. You know, you just know the tune. And it, yeah. And it, actually, it, it, actually, I don't know how many of you have seen the, the, there's a wonderful show about, who is it, Glenn Campbell, who developed, uh, I hope I'm right on that one, uh, that he developed dementia. And there's a, a beautiful documentary about his journey and, and how he, he was able to sing and, and we have lots of de- demonstrations about that, of how music actually causes people who are almost, you know, catatonic. They're not speaking. They're not doing anything. And you start playing old, you know, music that they that they loved or prefer- familiar with, and it's like they come alive. Uh, it's it's like magic. <laughs> so now, are there any other ways to help with memory so we don't have cognitive decline or don't get? the worst-case consequence of Alzheimer's or dementia, like games, activities that you recommend? To... Yeah, well, any any of the, you know, the brain games, again, as long as we don't, you know, a lot of those brain game things that you see find online, um, they say, oh, it's going to stop dementia, la, 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 that's, nuh-uh, you know. Yes, it may help, it may slow it down. That's what is it? What's the brain well, game? Well, there's any of the brain games, like uh, even solitaire or uh, crossword puzzles or, uh, doing puzzles or ha- playing Monopoly with somebody or uh, going to uh, shoots and ladders when you know with kids, you know, playing games. It's any kind of game, any kind of engagement uh, can help do that. And there's specific brain games. I know one of the ones we're doing with this with, in this mind aerobics because I'm doing it with him. Is uh, we have a we have a sheet that has uh, four stop uh, four 
driving signs, one's a curve sign, one's a yield sign, one's a merge sign, and one's a stop sign. And he will start out saying, and you have to touch, when he says it, you touch whatever sign it is with one hand. So yield, curve, merge, stop, yield, yield, curve, merge, stop. And then he starts speeding up. And anything that kind of educates that, and then we do it with two hands, or you'll do it with leaving out one of them. And it's like that's a that's tough, and and yet the idea is that eventually you're gonna you're not gonna be able to keep up with it. So is reading good for memory? Oh, absolutely. Reading that's a t- challenge. Is person uh, anything we do that exercises our brain, anything that we do that engages us with other people getting involved in things. What you're doing, Justin, is perfect. It's wonderful. You know, you're, you're providing a service, and that's also good. Everybody needs purpose, and you're providing this wonderful service. And I agree with the caller that, that it's really nice to have, you know, that you do this thing of reintroducing me every now and then. I think that's really valuable, especially when, you know, you've got somebody like me that likes to talk. <laughs> And hopefully I'm making some sort of sense. So it's like, um, you know, you you sometimes have to slow me down if people want to get in there and ask questions or make comments. I love it when people call uh, and just say, oh, I've heard you before, and I really appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's always nice to hear. But I also want to hear from folks who have concerns that they, you know, that they had someone in their life that, that uh, or they have someone in their life and, um, that they were are concerned about. What do I do? How do I deal for this? And most thing I can say is get in touch with one of us uh, at ARA and um, have a consultation. That's another thing we'll do. We do private consultations if you're not a group person. We'll do some of these education classes with you. If you have trouble with, a lot of people say they have trouble with the Internet or with a computer, we'll help you with that. You know, obviously I can do stuff over the phone. You know, the screenings can be done over the phone. Anything that I do can be done over the phone. Uh, it's much better if, if we can meet in person or if we can see each other using Zoom, um, but it's not necessary. Uh, and any, any support you can get, uh, whether you're someone that has dementia, if you're concerned yourself, one of the things that apparently is true is that for, some, that for about 50% of the people who have some form of dementia, they're going to be willing and able to talk about it and interested in learning. I have a very good friend whose, husband, whose wife has developed dementia. She's a good friend, too. She is uh, in a group where she's learning about what's, what's going to be coming, what's happening to her. So she's better prepared, to, and she can help. The thing about early diagnosis is the person with dementia doesn't mean they can't, they can't think now. It takes a long time before a person is no longer able to make their own judgments. Well, Um, let me reintroduce you then. We're talking with Gay Wellman, education specialist at the Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. This is Coffee Break on KCHU 770 AM. I'm your host, Justin Bass. You can call in right now and talk with Gay over the phone, live on the radio, 907-835-5080, 907-835-5080, or 1-800-478-5080, 1-800-478-5080. We were just talking about 
reading being good for memory, conversation is good for memory. So listening to KCHU Coffee Break is Absolutely. good for memory. Absolutely. You know, listening to the radio, being engaged is really important. And if you've got somebody in the later stage, knowing what to do when someone has in the later stages, there's still a lot that person can do. The person is still there. Don't give up on them. You know, uh, it's, it's really important that they have people around them that love them. And finding ways to keep that love alive is part of what support groups, you know, I mentioned the partner support groups uh, is really important because after a while when you're, when you're caring for someone or you're having to, to you know, clean up their butts and, you know, <laughs> and clean their butts and clean their, not just cigarette butts, the other kind of butt, you know, it's like after a while it's like, okay, this is getting really old. I don't think I can keep doing this. Um, but you can with support. Okay. Well, I got another question for you while we're waiting for a caller. Uh, so, the uh, the far end of the spectrum for responses here. If somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia becomes violent, what is the best way to respond? How? What do you recommend? How would you respond? Okay. Uh, the best way to respond is like with when anybody gets re- uh, violent. Is that because when we get violent, it means that we're not using our um, frontal lobe. Okay. We're not recognizing what's happening we're, we're caught by the uh, fear or whatever it is the fear or the anger whatever it is confusion and so what you're going to want to do is step back make sure you're safe um, step back take deep breaths so you can keep your frontal lobe engaged and try to figure out how do I get this person to calm down because as long as they're excited it's not going to work now sometimes um, Meeting them where they are, finding out what what's happening. Uh, there's a wonderful example. One of the best trainers that we have in the country is called her name is Tipa Snow, and I heard her describe a situation once where she um, was visiting at a center uh, that was um, where they were doing a training, and nobody came for the training, and she heard this commotion down the hall. And so she went to see what was going on, and she found uh, all the staff uh, kind of cornered. They had cornered this gentleman. They needed to get him on a – he'd hurt himself, and he needed to get on a, a stretcher. And they, were, they almost cornered him, and he was frantic. And they were trying to force him to get on this uh, – you know, they were trying to force this man. Everybody was excited. Everybody was upset and scared and not thinking well. And she stepped into the room and, and assessed what was going on. And she, she said in a very loud voice, she said, everybody out, out. And, you know, they all got startled, but they all left. You know, they got, a, got away. And then she uh, started talking. That was not okay what they're doing for, to you. I am so sorry you had to deal with this. But meeting him where he was at the same level. And then she was able to gently bring him down. I am so sorry. So she started talking more softly. And I'm so sorry. That should not have happened. I'm not going to let them do that to you. And so he felt protected. He, he felt connected. So that's what you get to do. Is you, ha- you have to be able to do it yourself. If you're not the person to do it, then don't try. You know, if you can't get your frontal lobe engaged... If somebody's coming at you, and again, family members, um, 
that's really hard. That's I have some family members who have to live not just in a different bedroom but in a different house because at some point, you know, in the beginning they go and visit their, they go and be with their their, their person that they're caring for uh, half the day. But by the end of the evening, by the end of the day, the person is beginning to get anxious, beginning to get you know get uh, stressing, and they say you're gonna. Ha-, they say you've got to get out of here. And so they've they've now had to move and live in a different place. They come in once a, one, they come in every day, and as long as they can, they're staying with the person, making sure they're safe, setting things up so that they don't have to cook for themselves, and doing everything they can to make sure they're safe. So essentially, what it's a good question. It's generally that the person has usually when someone with dementia has gotten becomes violent, it's because their confusion has taken over, and they are fighting for their life. So again, it's a, a really important to try to figure out what just happened, what happened, what was what what was going on before. Sometimes it's what what did I do? Because it can change in a minute as a, when the person develop goes further. It's not easy, and it's scarier than everything. Well, thanks for answering that. I- we're just waiting for any callers if want to call in. We've got a few minutes left, 907-835-5080 or 1-800-478-5080. We're talking with Gay Wellman. Okay. She, 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 uh, yeah. I was just going to say you're the education specialist, Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska. And, Gay, the floor is yours. Okay. You have the last <laughs> word. What, what would you like uh, KCHU what listeners like to know? To suggestion is, is uh, I would like it if we could set it up regular, like we had, uh, you know, I've had it with, uh, once a month kind of thing, so that people get used to hearing me. And uh, I can talk about, as you hear, I can talk about just about anything. If people want it to be more consistent, um, you know, a specific topic, I'd be happy to do that. But um, I, I love being able to respond to questions. I love being able to respond to concerns, not just questions, but concerns. And you've done a nice job of, of bringing issues up. I appreciate that. Um, well, can you let listeners know where to reach you one more time? Yeah, uh, it's G. Wellman, W-E-L-L-M-A-N, at A-L-Z, Alaska, spelled out, dot org, or 907-822-5620. I live in Kenny Lake, and if you give me a heads up, I'd be happy to meet anybody that wants to come up this way. I do come down to Valdez now occasionally, and we are doing things in person now a little bit, not as much as we were, and we're kind of concerned that we may have to go back to not being in person. Um, this population, elders are at high risk, and with the numbers still going up, and I know many of us are acting as if it doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> but um, it still it still matters. It still matters. So... There's lots of different things we can talk about. Um, you've brought up some really good questions, Justin, and I think that's what seemed to have been in the past, that for whatever reason people um, are reluctant to ask the questions or call in. I'm not sure. Maybe people are really busy. I know most of us are. But hopefully we're sharing some information that's valuable and can be helpful. Um, Lots of information to know, and it's not something that we can cover in an hour. 
<laughs> well, Gay Wellman, thank you for being on Coffee Break. We will okay. have a recording of this up on our website, kchu.org or Sound Valley News. So okay. tune in again for Coffee Break next Wednesday, 9 to 10 a.m. This is KCHU 770 a.m. I'm your host, Justin Bass, and uh, appreciate you tuning in.